Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Jack Hodgins. Today we'll be discussing the well-being of health workers during COVID. We are joined by Mark Aiken, who is the Stakeholder Engagement Manager for Nurse and Midwife Support at Eastern Health. Eastern Health is one of Melbourne's largest metropolitan public health services, with many locations across the area. Hello Mark, and welcome to the program. Hi Jack, great to be here today to talk about this important subject. How important are healthcare workers to our society? Oh, well, vitally important. Jack, I've been a registered nurse for 37 years and there hasn't been a day in my career where I haven't loved what I, I do or felt important in relation to the work that I do. So without healthcare workers, and specifically I'm talking about nurses and midwives because I'm a registered nurse, I don't think society would function at all. We're kind of core to the um, health, well-being and care of people who live in our cultures and our societies. And nurses, midwives and students are often in places, remote and distant locations throughout this country where there is no other health care professional or service. So if you need a nurse or a midwife, chances are we'll be there. You work at Eastern Health. What is your role there? Yeah, so I'm, it's actually a little bit more complicated than that, Jack. So Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. And Turning Point is a service of Eastern Health. And Turning Point provides drug and alcohol addiction support services for Australians and have done that for many years. A lot of those services are telephone-based services, as is Nurse and Midwife Support. I'm actually employed by the Nursing Midwifery Health Program Victoria and subcontracted to provide the stakeholder engagement for nurse and midwife support to develop professional content that's available on our website, nmsupport.org.au, and to oversee the professional development for the team of clinicians who are mostly nurses and midwives who will answer the phone to a nurse or a midwife or anyone concerned about our welfare contacting the service. What made you get into this line of work? Well, I see this, Jack, as the um, pivotal point or culmination of my very long career. And there were many times in my 37-year career where I would have loved to have had a support service that I could have contacted. So when the opportunity became available four and a half years ago, to set up the service and work with a team to set up the service and then to consolidate and sustain that service, I jumped at the opportunity because in my very eclectic career, I've worked in many and varied areas of healthcare, community care and aged care, but the one constant in my career is that I've been a registered nurse. I'm incredibly proud of the profession, passionate about supporting nurses, midwives and students and I just feel in the twilight of my career I'm in the the place that I need to be to really promote the importance of nurses, midwives and students reaching out for support whenever they need it and focusing on their health, well-being and self-care. And with that support service, how has COVID affected that? Well, COVID made our service busier because as you would appreciate, nurses and midwives and students have been and are on the front line of this pandemic. Supporting, caring for and treating people either worried about COVID-19 or with COVID-19 
and it's required a massive elevation in the services that nurses and midwives provide. I think it's also raised the profile of nurses and midwives and how fundamental they are to the health and well-being of people throughout Australia. With the exposure to germs and diseases being prevalent in the health sector, is contracting COVID-19 a big worry for those working in the health sector? Oh, yes, no doubt it is a concern to nurses and midwives. We are specifically trained in infection prevention and infection control, so in many ways that protects us. Um, There's certainly been a lot of training in relation to the use of PPE, personal protective equipment, and there's been an increase in the provision and availability of that equipment. Now, I wouldn't say that the sector has always, or the government has always got that right throughout the pandemic. There were times, particularly early on, where there wasn't enough provision of PPE or the the training didn't keep pace with the requirement of nurses and midwives to care for people. But at this stage, 18 months into the pandemic, nurses and midwives are very highly trained and skilled to manage infection and prevent infection and indeed prevent getting COVID-19 themselves. But in saying that, Jack, many nurses and midwives have contracted COVID-19 in the course of their work. And that is, you know, that is a very difficult thing. And I'm always sorry to hear of a nurse, midwife or student who contracts COVID-19 and indeed anyone who contracts COVID-19 because we still don't know everything we need to know about this disease and we're hearing stories of long COVID. As well as that, we've heard terrible stories from countries overseas where nurses and midwives have died as a result of the complications of COVID-19. So it's very difficult as a nurse or a midwife working on the front line to hear those things and to not not internalise them and to experience them as distress, anxiety or fear. So very complicated emotions. What I hear is nurses and midwives have been on an emotional and are on an emotional roller coaster with COVID-19, as is a lot of the population. You're listening to Wellbeing, where we are discussing the well-being of health workers during the pandemic. My guest today is Mark Aiken. And how has the workloads been affected by by COVID? Has that and how has that affected the well-being of um, our nurses and our midwives? Yeah, I think, Jack, it depends on the area that you work in as a nurse or a midwife, as a student. Being a nurse or a midwife is a broad church. There's many and varied areas that you can work in. I mean, many people work for the government in contact tracing. Um, Many are doing COVID testing. Many are doing vaccination administration and coordination. And many are working on specific COVID-19 wards. And many are caring for people with COVID-19 in intensive care units and, of course, midwives are continuing to support women and families with the delivery of their babies and then the ongoing support. It depends. Workloads for many have increased. What we're hearing, Jack, is that people are stressed, they're fatigued and, indeed, they're exhausted because on top of that, you know, Being a nurse or a midwife or a student doesn't bulletproof you from human emotions and vulnerabilities and fragilities. You know, people kind of often put nurses and midwives on a pedestal, but at the end of the day, we're people with lives just as everyone else has their life. So many people are needing to do their job while they homeschool, support elderly parents or relatives or 
friends. Often when you're a nurse or a midwife, you are the person in other people's um, worlds that actually sort things out or they go to for information and support. So I think for many, that's an added pressure as well. Do people working in healthcare feel like they are valued by society? It's a good question, Jack. I'm not sure I, you know, have I do this job or I'm part of this profession to profession to feel valued. I guess what I want, kind of more, I guess respect is a value. I like to think that I was respected for my education. The fact that nurse and midwives have degree qualifications. Most of us have one, if not multiple, postgraduate qualifications. We're a professional group, so we we registered with APRA every year and are required to do that. As part of that, we have to do a certain number of continuing professional development hours, and we have to be fit to practice. So we have to be look after our own health and well-being. I guess that might come with the sense of of value, but I think it's good the more we discuss this issue and put it out there that nurses and midwives are highly educated people and with that we'd like to think that people respect what we do and give some consideration to the way they interact with nurses and midwives. And so if you're on the precipice of projecting your anger, your frustration, your fear, then I would encourage you to take a deep breath and think that that is not the best way to interact with somebody and that this person you're interacting with is giving their expertise and their education and are caring for you to ensure that your health and well-being is maximised and you get the care and need you want. Um, so, yes, um, I suppose um, value is a good um, goal to aim for, but I guess it's really unpacking what that value means. You mentioned a few times that... The COVID-19 pandemic in some ways has raised the profile of health workers. Have you felt as a health worker that people have been supportive of you during the pandemic? Yeah, we've heard that term healthcare heroes. Uh, A lot of nurses and midwives don't like that. I actually don't like it either, to be quite honest. I think sometimes when people kind of, you know, say, oh, you're a hero, kind of puts you on a bit of a pedestal or it kind of puts you in a situation where you always have to be that person. So, you know, you know, I might not be having such a great day yourself and you might just, you know, be able to go to work and, and do your job and not kind of elevate yourself to hero status. So I'd say what nurses and midwives want rather than being seen as heroes is that we want respect, as I said before. We want to be... Um, paid properly for the work we do and we want to have good conditions we want to have good workplace conditions that support our health and well-being and you mentioned the payment there are our healthcare workers paid enough do you think well you know i mean is anyone ever paid enough i think um maybe maybe you know actors and sports people are i don't know i'm not one of those people um look i'd say most people if you ask me if they were paid enough would say that they could do with more money. We have a professional professional EBAs and awards that um, are negotiated um, with government health services and employers and um, industrial organisations such as the ANMF. Um, so um, 
I believe that I have good um, work um, conditions um, that not only include pay, uh, I'm sure some nurse and midwife might say they wouldn't mind a bit more money or maybe a pandemic supplement. With around-the-clock hours, do you feel like you have a life away from work? I don't do shift work anymore, Jack, so I do. I've kind of um, got to a place where I, I feel like I do have workplace balance. It hasn't always been like that for me. When I was doing shift work, I found um, some of the shift work very challenging, particularly when I worked in intensive care and I was doing a lot of rotations, so between day shifts afternoon shift and night shift. I mean, when I started many, many years ago, it was not unheard of for us to work 10 days in a row. I believe that doesn't happen as much anymore. I hope it doesn't because that's not good for work-life balance. I actually had an experience of burnout when I worked in intensive care because um, the well, part of the reason was the shift work and part of the reason was the intensity of the work that I did. But um, shift work is challenging for many nurses and midwives. Some people love it and some people it works for at particular times in their life. For instance, my sister is also a nurse and she elected to do permanent night duty for a number of years while she raised her children because that supported her you know, work-life balance. But I think if you ask most nurses and midwives, they would say at some point in their career, if not now, they didn't have work-life balance. So I think it's a goal we aim for. Sometimes we achieve it and sometimes we don't. Would that imbalance overall be because there's not enough workers available? Some of that would be related to supply. There is a shortage of nurses and midwives. And with the pandemic, we're not able to obviously have people come to work in Australia on immigration visas. So, uh, And we're an older workforce. So as nurses and midwives start to retire or pull back their hours, then there's not enough nurses and midwives to replace them. We are experiencing a, a shortage, and I think that's another reason why it's vitally important that nurses and midwives look after themselves, but are also looked after and supported by their workplaces. During this pandemic, what has been the most difficult experience for you and your job in the last 18 months? I think it's hearing the um, complexity and the ongoing nature of some of these stories that nurses and midwives tell us. You know, I mean, some crisis, some like a bushfire, for example, which we went through in certain parts of Australia prior to the pandemic, is short, sharp and destructive. And I know the impact of those bushfires are still being felt in many communities, but it's kind of like um, we can regroup and we can support and we can move on. But this pandemic has been going for 18 months. There's been many twists and turns and there's been a sense that it hasn't all been as managed as well as it could have been. And, you know, now we find ourselves with this very complex Delta wave that is, you know, blowing out of control in New South Wales and um, and in other parts of Australia. It's obviously caused lockdowns. Uh, but um, feels a bit more controlled. So I would say the intensity and the ongoing nature and complexity of this pandemic. 
Has there been any challenging changes to your job that the pandemic has brought? Yeah, well, you know, we're unlucky enough that I can do my job from home because our service, Jack, is an online and telephone-based service. So any nurse midwife or student can contact the service, one eight hundred six six seven eight double seven, or via the website nmsupport.org.au. So prior to the pandemic, we were working in an office and with the various lockdowns, and I'm in Melbourne, and we're in lockdown at the moment, we're required to work from home because we can work from home. So that's been a big change. I feel lucky that I can do that because I feel safer than a lot of nurses and midwives do. But that has required uh, a pivot and a big changes. And I think that comes with a lot of other complexities. Like, you know, I miss, as many people do, the kind of face-to-face physical interaction prior to COVID-19. I was travelling Australia, promoting this really important service, and that's all stopped. So I've had to be quite creative about how I promote the service without being able to go to events, conferences, And, um, yeah, that's been kind of exciting on one level, opened up new opportunities on another and kind of had challenges on another level. So, you know, we're just kind of really doing what we need to do to make sure that every nurse, midwife and student and those who support us know about nurse and midwife support if and when they need support. With the pandemic over time, have you has the conditions gotten better for the healthcare workers or are we still a little bit not quite out of the woods in that area yet? Yeah, I would say if you ask nurses in New South Wales at the moment, they wouldn't feel like their conditions were better. Um, you know, I think, again, it's quite individual, Jack. Like some workplaces have really got this right and are doing very well. And some are not where they need to be, and nurses and midwives don't feel, for the most part, supported. You know, and again, um, this pandemic is, you know, it takes, it's taken on a kind of trajectory of its own. So, you know, we don't know where it's going to rear its ugly head and cause a cluster outbreak. And some hospitals and health services have been impacted. So staff have been furloughed and services had to you know, ramped down or services had to be ramped up depending on the impact of um, of the outbreak. So I think, again, quite individual. Some people would feel supported and some people haven't and some people don't feel supported. You're listening to Wellbeing, where we are discussing the well-being of health workers during the pandemic. My guest today is Mark Aiken. We know all the negative things that have come along with COVID, but have there been any positive moments you've had in the last 18 months during the pandemic? Oh, those COVID silver linings we're all looking for, Jack. Yes, very important (laughs) question. Um, Very important question. I think one of the silver linings for me has been hearing stories of support that nurses and midwives have and are providing to each other. And I think a lot of nurses and midwives would say it is their team or it's their colleagues or it's their nursing midwifery family or friends that have given them the most support. And they feel quite humbled by that. And they feel that that support is absolutely vital. And so those stories are really lovely. And people have done, you know, really creative things. I mean, I don't know if you've connected with the Royal Melbourne Hospital 
um, Scrubs Choir. But, you know, they've got formed their choir and they've got together and they've created some beautiful music videos and singing to support people throughout the pandemic, but also give their staff the opportunity to interact um, and contribute in a different way. So there's some lovely examples of that, and I think it's, it really makes your heart sing when you hear it. Has all the hard work been worth it during the pandemic? I'd say definitely, um, Jack. I said So we have to look at it that way. It is worth it. Otherwise, you know, could cause a fair bit of despair. I mean, the reality is we're, we're dealing with what we're dealing with, and we're at where we're at where we're at and you know I'm nurse and midwives are very good at stepping up we're very good at just getting on with it and we're very good at going above and beyond and I think nurse and midwives would mostly believe that you know the work they have done is um, important it's appreciated it's, it's vital it has been worth it because you know, Australia's done a lot better than in a lot of other countries and there might be things that we haven't got right and we might not feel the vaccine rollout is exactly where it needs to be, but the reality is that we're not, you know, when we haven't experienced the numbers of deaths that a lot of other countries have. And I think you mentioned a very good point there when you, when you highlighted how well we've done compared to other countries. I think, you know, we sometimes in Australia especially during COVID, we can kind of, some people could complain about, you know, oh, this and that. But really, uh, overall, I think when you mentioned that point, it, it, we've really done well to some degree. I mean, we've had a few ups and downs, especially now in New South Wales, but overall, we're we're doing a lot better than other countries. Yeah, we are, Jack. And I think, you know, I mean, that again goes to the COVID silver lining is to, you know, I guess feel grateful for the fact we've done what we've done and we've, for the most part, done really well. But we still, in, in, in saying that, don't want to diminish the experience of people who are not doing well and are not okay and haven't had a great experience. Um, you know, if you've lost your job or every member of your household has lost their job or your business has suffered or you've contracted COVID-19 and you've got long covid um, and you're anxious, depressed, or traumatized, then I guess you wouldn't maybe feel that, you know, that you're doing well. And so I think we need to look at this in both ways. And I think the key here is, is acknowledging that whatever your experience, um, that is your experience. And that is how you are experiencing it. And if you're not traveling okay, then, um, please reach out for support. If you're a nurse or a midwife, nurse and midwife support 24-7, no matter where you live in Australia, 1-800-667-877. But if you're not a nurse or a midwife, there's lots of other services you can contact, Lifeline being one of those. And I heard that Lifeline had their busiest day ever yesterday. So and the chairman of Lifeline was speaking, and he was saying, well, at least people are reaching out for support. So um, I think that's a key point here, Jack. If anyone needs support and doesn't feel like that there's a COVID-19 silver lining or doesn't feel able to acknowledge we've done really well, then please reach out for support. What could be done to make the health sector better for all in the profession? Oh, wow. 
wow, Jack. Um, that's a big question. You know, look, we do have a good, you know, healthcare system in Australia. I mean, of course, you know, it could always be better. We've just experienced that with an aged care royal commission. Um, and I worked in aged care for many years and was deeply sad to hear some of the stories that came out of the royal commission. So clearly we have opportunities for improvement. Mental health, there was a Royal Commission in Victoria in relation to mental health. Clearly there's um, a great need for improvement there as well. So I think there's being a focus put on areas of healthcare, aged care, community care and mental health where it needs a spotlight put on it. And we just need to take it on the chin as a society and say, we don't always get this right. We need to get it right because people deserve the best health care, aged care, mental health care that they can get. I think we all need to work in cultures of continuous improvement. So be open to feedback, to continue to listen and communicate. You know, strive to do our best and do better every day, which I know every nurse mom aims to do. You know, what I say, Jack, is no nurse, midwife or student gets up you know, for their shift, they get out of bed for their shift to go to work and not um, the best care possible. However, there's many factors that can impact their ability to do that. And we just need to understand what those factors are. And we need to support people better to be able to do the important job they do. What would be the take home from this interview you'd want people to remember the most? Uh, Your health matters, absolutely, Jack, is our tagline, and that is really important that people listening, whether you're a nurse, midwife or student, you connect with the fact that your health matters, that your health as a nurse, midwife or student is vitally, if not more important than anyone else's, because if your health is not optimised or where it needs to be, you're not going to deliver the best care possible. So please connect with that message that everyone listening, your health matters. If you need support or you need help, please reach out. If you're a nurse, midwife or student or anyone concerned about our welfare, please contact nurse and midwife support. 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.org.au. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us today, Mark. We appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure, Jack. And um, everyone out there, please look after yourselves and each other. Your health matters. My guest today was Mark Aiken, the Stakeholder Engagement Manager for Nurse and Midwife Support at Eastern Health in Melbourne. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Hodgins, and all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.